Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's find Matthew 21. Matthew 21. We'll start there. Matthew 21. Let me find that. You find that. And we're going to begin in our teaching this morning. You know, we're in a series on answered prayer. Thank God. God answers prayer. Jesus said it's possible. It's possible. He said, whatsoever whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. It's possible. So what we just do, you know, I teach this series every so often. We just go through it again. I teach the same same titles. I kind of maybe use scriptures a little different or a little different emphasis. But we just keep talking about answered prayer because we need to remind ourselves of the principles that will cause our prayers to be answered. I want answered prayer. How about you? And uh, all of us can continue to grow in this area and learn in this area. Amen. Now, in, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, verse, verse 21 of chapter 21, Jesus answered, He said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Now we're going to talk about, I'm going to read another verse there in just a moment. We're going to be talking about each one of these. You know, this is answered prayer number three. I've given subtitles. This one's called faith. Faith. It takes faith for your prayers to be answered. And how many could read this verse? Jesus just, we just read that Jesus said and could say, I could probably learn some more about faith. Absolutely. I would say that no matter where you're at, you could probably learn some more about faith. Now, without being, without any blasphemy here, probably Brother Hagin could have even learned some more about faith. That's almost blasphemy, isn't it? I'm sure he was a lot farther along than most of us. But yet there's always more, right? There's always more. If I say there's more. No matter how much we think we know, there's always more. Amen. Now, verse 22, he says, All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Isn't that a good verse? I said, isn't that a good verse? Now, listen now. When you study Jesus' teachings on prayer, one of the things that he emphasized in prayer was faith. He did not emphasize God's ability. He didn't emphasize God's power. Now that's because the power, the ability, it's a given thing. God has power. Amen? God has ability. Not, Not a question about God's ability, not a question about God's power. It's a question about us and our faith. Amen. See, when you, when you read the scriptures about prayer, uh, now I'm going to say this and I'll develop this a little bit. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to watch what I say because I don't want to say anything that confuses you. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people say, well, do I pray once or do I, can I pray twice? How often do I pray? Let me just say this to you. Every time you pray, you better pray in faith. 
And I'll show you some things about that in just a little bit. But, but faith is the key. I said faith is the key. Yeah. See, the, the Bible says, let, let him ask in faith with, with no doubting. For he that doubts like the wave of the sea, uh, let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Now, it's not that God is a withholder. These are spiritual laws. How many know there's laws? Amen? There's laws, you know. If you want your window air conditioner unit to work, uh, you plug it in. Of course, that goes back a few years, doesn't it? Okay. I remember the days that's all we had. How many, old, how many are young enough, old enough? You remember the day you, your dad just cut a hole in the wall and plugged it with a... Remember that window unit, you know, that thing, you know, drained the water out and all. So, praise God, it was better than nothing. Hallelujah. And we thought we were living big. Amen. Paul said this. He said, I want, I want men, people, everywhere to lift up holy hands, pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. And then James said, listen to this. He said, he talked about if in the church, if, if there's any sick among you, now this is one way to get healed. It's not the only way to get healed. But he said, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Notice he didn't say the oil saved the sick. He didn't say the elders saved the sick. He said the prayer of faith saves the sick. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about why that is. See, do you remember, there's, remember this? We, this is a story we've preached on over the years. But, and and uh, most people remember the story about the woman with the issue of blood. Remember her? The Bible says she had uh, suffered many things by many physicians and had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now, you know, 12 years, most people would give up. But this woman hadn't quit yet. Oh, thank God for this woman. She hadn't quit yet. She, had, she hadn't found the answer yet, but she hadn't quit and the Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she came in the press. She, she did something illegal. It wasn't even legal for her to be out in the street. She came in the press behind him and touched his, his garment. For she said, if I may touch Buddy's clothes, I shall be made whole. And the Bible says, the King James says, straightway, immediately, the flow of blood was stopped. And she was healed of that plague. Well, Jesus, you know, he said, who touched me? He touched me. I love his disciples. They were like, duh, everybody's bumping into you. What do you mean who touched you? That's literally what they were saying. Every, see, the Bible said there was a crowd around, a press. Come on, they, everybody was running into everybody. And Jesus said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, what do you mean who touched you? It's one of those days with Jesus. Phew. Remember that time he said, who's my mother? He didn't even know who his mother was one day. Remember that? Who is my mother? He's like, woo, he's having one of those days again. And so he didn't mean who bumped into me. He meant who touched me with faith. He said, for I perceive that power's gone out of me. Power went out of me. He, Jesus felt that power go out of him. That woman felt that power go into her. And she knew immediately that she was healed of that condition, immediately. And finally, I guess she thought she was in trouble. She told him the whole truth. And Jesus said unto her, listen to what he said. He said, woman, thy, come on, help me out, somebody. Thy what? My powers made you whole. 
Well, did his power make her whole? But he didn't say that, did he? He said, thy faith has made you whole. Remember, the, there's a man by the name of Bartimaeus, a blind man, and, he, and, and Jesus walked by and the crowd tried to stop him, you know. And he cried out louder and Jesus came over there. He got Jesus, Jesus came over there and he said, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, according to your faith. Your faith is actually after he was healed, Jesus said, thy faith has made you whole. So it was his faith, right? It wasn't. It wasn't the emphasis wasn't on God's power, though we know it was God's power. But what Jesus was letting us know, we don't have to talk about power. Power's available Amen. to the children of God. Power's available. Amen. And so we have to talk about power. We have to talk about, are you tapping into it? Right. If you had a, how many got a freezer in your garage? Basement. Your base, how many got a freezer in your basement? I mean, got a freezer on your front porch. <laughs> Just want to see how many. Yeah, I mean, rednecks and hillbillies we have. Don't let me forget about the freezer. Pastor Jerry, I'm holding you responsible. But, but I've got a friend, he pastors in Tennessee. And he said, he said, I would talk about having hillbillies to pastor, you know. And I mean, he's he's got a he's got a nice church, and he and he and he would just tease. He would just tease them, you know, about pastoring hillbillies, you know, call them hillbillies, you know. And he said one day, a lady in my church sent me a email or a text. She said, Pastor, I think you've mislabeled us. We're not hillbillies. We're Appalachian Americans. <laughs> How many have a freezer? Now you know. If, if, you, if your freezer's empty, you know, your freezer's empty. Say your freezer's in the garage and it's empty. You know, you don't need it running, right? You unplug it. And so let's say you unplugged it. And one, one day, one day, you pull in the garage and you notice the freezer is running. You lift it up. It's cold. It's running. You don't say, how'd power get in there? What do you say? Who plugged it in? Who plugged it in? That's all Jesus was saying. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't saying to the woman, how, how this power get in you? He wasn't saying, how power? He said, who plugged in? Power's available, but somebody's got to plug in. And this woman plugged in with her faith. Hallelujah. Now think about this. You know, Jesus went to his hometown. Didn't he have the same power in his hometown as he had everywhere else? Right? But the Bible said there he could do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And the Greek brings it out. People that understand Greek better than I do say it brings it out that they had minor ailments. So, in other words, it, they, they, it was just minor things. He, it, it didn't say he wouldn't do any mighty work. It said he couldn't do it. I mean, you know, Jesus, now he said, well, there's nothing that Jesus can't do, Pastor, then don't tell me that. Well, you're right. As God, there's nothing He can't do. But operating like He was in His ministry as a man anointed of the Holy Spirit, He was subject to the laws of the Spirit. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying there? Because, you know, some people say, well, it's like Brother Hagin said he's preaching one time and he said, you know, and... Uh, 
He said, I've made the comment that some people think God can just do anything he wants to do. And he said, one guy interrupted me. He said, he stood up and said, well, bless God I do. Brother Hagin said, well, why doesn't he make you pay your tithes? He said, that guy sat right down. Of course, God's God. He could, he could do whatever he wanted to do. He's God. Who's going to stop God? But he's chosen to do things a certain way. And see, Jesus came here and he ministered as a man. The Bible says in Philippians, he's laid aside his mighty power and glory. And he ministered as a man. And he had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the things of God operate by faith. And so when in his hometown, the Bible said he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. They weren't tapping into the power. And so he went about their villages teaching. He understood that hearing brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you know, if I'm going to get faith in these people, I've got to teach them. And if they, get, if they have faith, that taps into the power. Everybody say the power. So when Jesus talked about prayer, the main thing he talked about was, was faith, was faith. He put the emphasis there, not on God's ability. I hope you understand what I'm saying. This. It doesn't matter about God's ability because we know what I mean. It doesn't matter about God's ability. We don't need to talk about God's ability. His ability's there. His ability's endless. Amen. Did you know God, God can put new body parts in people and has. God can put new limbs on people and has. You know, people go, oh, I, don't, I don't believe that. Well, how, who do you think made the, those limbs to start with? Ford makes vehicles, right? Does Ford have parts for those vehicles? You think Ford's smarter than God? How many own a Ford? You know what that means. Figure on repairs daily. Find on road dead. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, you know, we had Chevy pickup trucks. We used to say it about Chevy trucks. said, man, on a quiet night, you can hear them rusting. How many remember those days? I mean, they, you know, they, 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 they keep their body about two years or three years, then the rust starts showing through. It's like, man, come on. But I want you to know, if God made the body, He can fix the body. But He needs your faith. I said He needs your faith. If God made this universe, He can fix this universe. If God was in the founding of this nation, He can fix this nation. But he needs our faith. Lester Roloff said, if you want to save America, get America saved. Has anybody figured out yet our politicians aren't fixing anything? Sure, we vote to try to get people in. They'll be more righteous, more holy, have some measure of common sense. But it, that, it's in such a mess, it take, it'll take God. Hallelujah. Well, thank God we're not without Him. Did you know that if everybody in America turned to God tomorrow, our nation would be fixed by the end of the week? Or it'd sure be on His way. Hallelujah. 
You just, you're just telling me you believe everybody should serve the same God you serve. Absolutely. Because I'm serving the one true and living God. If I didn't believe that, I'd quit. Are you telling me you believe that your way is the only way? Absolutely. And let me just clarify something. It isn't my way. It's God's way. He's the one that said it. And I believe Him. Amen. Now, go in your Bible to Matthew uh, 15. Just back up to the 15th uh, chapter. I want to read something to you. Because I want to talk about this. That every time we pray, we need to be in faith about it. We need to be in faith about it. What's faith mean? Faith means I'm expecting something to change. I'm not just praying to be praying. I'm expecting some change here. Matthew chapter 15. This is a really good story. Matthew 15, go, verse, go to verse 21. It says, Then Jesus went thence, and uh, he departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out to, of the same coast and said unto him, uh, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But notice verse 23. But he answered her, not a word. Not a word. Now let me say something. This, this, this is a lady. She's not, she's not from Israel. She's not in covenant with God. These people lived really, really immoral lives. If you do any study, which I don't recommend, about how the Canaanites lived, you will think America is pretty clean. And of course it's not. But compared to these people, they were a mess. And so this lady comes to Jesus. She asked help for her daughter. <clears throat> and Jesus answered her, not a word. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. Have you ever prayed and felt like the Lord answered you, not a word? I'm sure that everybody in here could say, yeah, I felt that way. He didn't answer me a word. Now read on. And his disciples came to him and besought him, saying, send her away. For she's crying after us. She, she went to you and you wouldn't do anything and now she's after us. So tell her to go. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now what was he saying? His ministry was just to Israel at this time. It wasn't to the Gentiles. So here, two times he's just said no. His silence said no. Now he says, I'm not going to do anything for her. Verse 25, she came and worshipped him. Oh, thank, listen now, this, is, this, woman's, this woman's got it on the ball now. Are you with me? Yeah. She came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. In other words, the power that's on me, the anointing that's on me, it's not meant for the dogs. Now, that, I mean, that could have made you mad right there. What if you got in the prayer line and said, oh, just get out, you dog? How many would be offended? Even Pastor Chuck's offended. He's going to have to forgive, though. How many know that? But, you know, Jesus called her dog, right? Some of y'all are looking kind of funny. What do you mean Jesus called her See, look, people in those days considered those outside the covenant of God as dogs. So he says, it's not right to give that to dogs. 
See, she understood what he's talking about. She understood that Israel had a covenant with God and the rest weren't included yet. Thank God that changed. Hallelujah. But she understood that. Now, they, they could, you know, they could, uh, foreigners could join Israel if they wanted to. You can find out in the Old Testament that there were a mixed multitude came out of Egypt with them. Said, we're going to serve your God. And God said, okay. How about Rahab the harlot? She not only got into the covenant of God, she got into the genealogy of Jesus. You talk about God being a redeemer. Look at Jesus' pedigree. It's got a prostitute in it. She got saved. Don't look at me like that. That's what she was. But she got, but faith changed this woman. And she got in the genealogy of Jesus. Thank God faith changes us. Amen. Now, you know what I'm talking about through, his, through that, you know, that family genealogy. Of course, we know he was born of the Spirit. How many know that? But, but anyway, now, so verse 25, she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her not a word. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. It's not right for me. It's not time. It's not right for me to take this covenant blessings and give it to those outside the covenant. She said, truth, Lord. She understood. Truth, Lord. You're telling the truth. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Woo! Thank God for this woman. I've told you before, there's a scripture for having dogs inside the house. Now listen. Now, verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith, be it unto you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Listen, even though, <laughs> even though she's outside the covenant of God and Jesus said, I'm not sent to minister to you, lady. I'm, it's not, that's not what I'm sent to do right now. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not sent to minister to the Gentiles. I'm not sent to heal your daughter. I, that's not what I'm sent for. But yet because her faith was so great, it still tapped into that power. And he said she had great faith. Matter of fact, the only other person that Jesus said had great faith was another guy who was not an Israelite. He was a Roman centurion. And Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this guy. Faith will jump the boundaries. Hallelujah. Faith jumps all things. But listen, I want you to see this. What am I talking about here? See, this woman was persistent. She had persistent faith. In other words, she had faith that got the answer. How many, sometimes you've got to be persistent. Look here in Luke chapter 10. No, Luke 11. You don't mind if we look at some scripture this morning. Luke 11. Let's go here. I'm talking about, man, you've got to have a faith that doesn't quit. You've got to have a persistent faith that says, I know what belongs to me, and I am going to pray the promise in the manifestation in my life. Right. Amen. I want to show this to you out of the Bible just a little bit. I wasn't going to look at these scriptures. I was going to just bypass them, but I'm going to look at them. And I invite you to go there too. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. This is Jesus. He said to them, Which of you have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and shall say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. So a guy needs bread. He said, For a friend of mine's come in his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say to him, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. 
I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend, yet because of his, the King James uses the word importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Jesus said unto him, I say, Jesus continued saying, I say unto you, ask and you, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it will be opened unto you. Everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Look, Jesus said, look, he's not going to, look, he's his friend, but the guy's in bed. How many love to get awakened out of sleep? I mean, just love for somebody to knock on your door at 2 o'clock in the morning. Let me just tell you, you can knock on my door all you want to at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm not hearing you. All right? Call the police. Call the ambulance. But I'm not... Why? Because I shut my bedroom door and turn my fan on, and you can ring that doorbell, and I'm not going to hear it. I'm gone. Are you with me now? So nobody likes to be awakened, you know. Amen. A guy called me one time years ago, woke me out of a sound sleep, and I didn't even know who the guy was. He said, this is brother so-and-so. I never heard of brother so-and-so. And he, uh, he said, I got a word for you. I know you don't. Not at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. You don't have a word for me. I don't even know you. Goodbye. That's the way I handle that. You got any brains about it, you got a word for me. It'll wait till 10 o'clock in the morning. Besides that, I don't know you. Why would I be taking words from you? I don't even know you. Amen. All right, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. But anyway, so that didn't go well with him, uh, and he didn't call back, thank God. You know, that was on the day we had landlines, you know what I'm talking about? How many remember what a landline is? You know, it was on the wall, you cranked it, you know? <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm saying here. Sarah, you know, she always was the operator. Now, how many understand that, listen, listen, Jesus said he's not going to get out of bed because he's your friend, but because of your importunity. Now, the word importunity means bold persistence. Bold persistence or bold faith. In other words, the man, the man shows up and this guy knows he's not leaving until he gets it. So I'm going to have to get up. I'm going to have to get up. Now, let's look at another scripture about that. Luke 18. Come on, are you with me this morning? Talking about faith. It takes faith. It takes a bold faith. In prayer, if everything manifested immediately, we wouldn't need any of these scriptures. God wouldn't tell us about this. He wouldn't tell us to. Now, this is Jesus. Now, he wouldn't tell us to be importune. If we didn't need to be. Are you with me? He wouldn't tell us to do this if we didn't need this. Amen. Amen. So that means sometimes we just got to stick with it and hold it before God. And keep our faith persistent. Like, I know what belongs to me. Now, we're not demanding off God. See, it's not God that's the withholder. Come on. We're going to read that here in just a minute. It's not God, but it's life and the devil and circumstances. They have to be prayed through sometimes. Look at Luke 18. <clears throat> Luke 18. It says, he, everybody say Jesus. Say that like you mean it. Jesus. He spake a parable unto them to this end, or for this reason, that men ought always to pray and not to faint or give up. All right, so this is what this is about. I want, Jesus said, I want to give you a parable so that you can, you'll always pray and not give up. You won't give up. 
He said there was, verse 2, a judge which feared, there was, a, there, was a, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but he, afterward he said with himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now, isn't this just like this Canaanite woman? This Canaanite woman wasn't going anywhere. And Jesus is teaching us parable. Men ought always to pray and not faint. He said, and he gave us this parable, which we know God's not an unjust judge, right? So that's not what he's saying, but he's, get, he's letting us see something here by a parable. He's saying the unjust judge said, I'm not going to do anything for this widow woman. He said, but wait a minute. He wasn't going to, but, you know, he got to thinking, you know, I don't fear God. I don't fear people, but this woman's not going to leave me alone. In other words, she's going to be here every day. In other words, she's not one that takes no for the answer. See, that's true faith. True faith knows what belongs to it and doesn't take no for the answer. No's not going to be my answer. Come on, are you with me today? You've got to get that about you. No's not going to be the answer. I told you I've been standing for healing in some areas. Some areas have already manifested, but I've been standing for several months in some areas. But no's not the answer. It's not the answer. And so I'm, I'm there every day. No is not the answer. Uh-uh. No. I know what belongs to me. I'm going to stand and believe and pray the promise into manifestation in my life. You can't tell me no, devil. You can't tell me no, life. You can't tell me, body. You can't tell me no. I got yes from God. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. So I'm not taking no. I'll be back. Listen to what Jesus said, verse 6. He said, you hear what the unjust judge said? Hear what he said? What did the unjust judge say, guys? He said, hey, I don't want to do this, but this woman's not going to leave me alone. So I'm going to do it get rid of her. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Listen to this. This is God. Everybody say, this is God. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Wow. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Jesus called that faith. I said, Jesus called that faith. He said, that woman that said, I am not taking no for an answer. This judge is going to avenge me if I have to show up in his courtroom every day. Jesus said, that's faith. And literally, the Greek kind of brings out, maybe the Amplified Bible says, shall I find this kind of faith on the earth when I come back? Well, there'll be people here that say, I know what the covenant promises me, and I'm not going anywhere. Let's close out. Go to Old Testament, 1 Kings. you get anything today? 1 Kings 18, go there. I'll close with this scripture, 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. And it's about... Elijah and his prayer life. 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. I remember Elijah. Elijah, what was, what was Elijah? He was a Tishbite. Remember, he just shows up. I love the way that some of these things happen in the Bible. There's no, like, Knowing about Elijah's birth, he was born, you know, the, you know, the son of so-and-so. And, you know, he went to Bible college. 
just shows up in the 17th chapter, and Elijah the Tishbite. And now you're like, what in the world is a Tishbite? Well, a friend of mine told me what a Tishbite was. I didn't know what a Tishbite was either. He said, a Tishbite is an Old Testament weatherman. Because Elijah said, it's not going to rain. So if you want to know what a Tishbite is, we have a lot of Tishbites in our city. They're not, very, they're not as accurate as Elijah is. Now, come on, that was humor. You're supposed to laugh. Come on, what is wrong with you people? You're making me work here, all right? Now, all right, 1 Kings 18, go to verse 41. Now, let, let me, well, let me just say this as you find that. It hasn't rained for three and a half years because Elijah, he came into the king and he said, as the Lord God of Israel lives, by whom I stand, it shall not rain uh, these uh, years according to my word. See? See, the word of the Lord came to him. He said, it's not going to rain the land. Now, here's an interesting thing you think about. God told him what he wanted to do. It's not going to rain. But when you read James, James says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. He prayed earnestly. What did he, he prayed in the promise of God by faith. See, God had already told him what it wanted, but Elijah prayed it in. See. And, and James holds him up now. In James chapter 5, he holds Elijah up as a model of a New Testament prayer life. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with like passions like us. He was, had a nature just like us. He wasn't anything special. He was a man just like you and I. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave its rain. See, It held him up as an example of how to pray. So if he's held up an example of how to pray, I mean, we ought to pay attention how he prayed, right? Now, 1 Kings, Elijah says in verse 41, 1 Kings 18, 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat, drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. This is a faith guy, isn't it? I mean, he is talking about the answer. He expected his prayer to be answered. He knows he's getting ready to pray for rain. And he, but before he prays, he already says what it's going to do. He said, he said, you go tell the king, he better get going because it's about to rain. Woo, hallelujah. You talk about having faith in your prayer life. See what happened? He knew he was going to pray the fulfillment of the promise. He was going to pray it into existence. People miss this. See, old timers knew the, some of the, some about this. That somebody have to pray in the fulfillment of that promise. You got to stick with it in persistent faith. And you're not in unbelief. You're in faith. But I'm not going anywhere until this is manifested. I'll be back. Listen to this. Elijah, verse forty-one, said, "Get thee up, eat, drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain." So Ahab went up to eat, drink, and Elijah went up to top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, what was he doing there? He was praying. That's what James said he was doing, that he was praying that it would rain. So he's praying, all right? And verse 43, and, his, and he said to his servants, go up now and look toward the sea. How I many know he's expecting something? Go check it out. And he went up, he looked, and he said, hey, uh, there's nothing. It didn't stop him. He didn't say, well, you know, I, that's kind of what I thought. Come on. See, sometimes when we pray and we don't see that, well, I didn't think God would answer anyway. Kind of what I thought. Oh, well, 
I guess I don't know about faith. Pastor, maybe he can pray things, but I can't. God might answer pastor's prayer, but I, not mine. I don't know. I, guess I shouldn't even tried. Maybe miracles will pass away anyway. I think I'll just become a cessationist. Not believe in miracles or healings or anything. No, what you need to do is understand that you've got to get some faith about you. You've got to get some persistence about you. I know what belongs to me. Go find out what belongs to you. Amen. Let me just talk to you about it in natural. What if you found out your uncle? In legal writing, legal document, left you $5 million. But all the other relatives said, you're not getting any of it. Do you think you'd stop there? No. Once you found out what belonged to you, how many would go after it? Well, a few of you would. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you. Five million dollars would help my, help my cause out a lot. Absolutely. If it belongs to me, right? If you hear people say, I got my rights. Well, you got to know your rights. Amen. You know, I live in a subdivision. And there's covenant rights. Things you can do and things you can't do. You got to know your rights. Amen. You know, like, once you get in there, you find out you, you just basically bought a postage stamp for ground. It's like, they own the first 25 feet and the last 16 feet. It's like, what part do I own? Well, once you get out of your house, just kind of up against the house real close. <laughs> Don't step over there. Though. We own, you know, that's a right away there. It seems like everybody got rights here but me. It's like, you can't put your fence back. See, part of my fence is like 16 feet off the back of the property line. I got 16 more feet. I, uh, they don't come and mow it. I had to mow it. But then they tell me, you can't put your fence on that. I just showed them I put some trees on it. Isn't that kind of rebellious? Well, they can cut them down if they need to get in there. All right. Well, they can stomp them down right now. They're not very big. But anyway. I had to fire back something. Praise God. You didn't know your pastor was a little punchy, did you? But anyway, you know, no, you know, others had done it. And then they just told us, yeah, you put trees on there, but we need to get in there. We just cut them down. It's your, it's your, it's your responsibility, not ours. Okay. Well, see, what I'm saying, there's rights. There's rights. There's, there's covenant rights. You've got to find out your covenant rights. And when you find out your covenant rights, man, stand for them. If you've got a $5 million inheritance coming to you, stand for it. Amen. And so this man, this, this Elijah, he knows it's supposed to rain. And it says, uh, verse 43 again, he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked, he said, there's nothing. He said, go again seven times. No, it was go back seven times, seven times. Well, he did it seven times. What happened? He prayed, he sent him, nothing. He prayed, he sent him, nothing. He prayed, he sent him, nothing. Finally, after seven times, what, what, what are we seeing here? He knows the fulfillment of the promise has to come to pass. It's God's word. I'm not going to quit on it. That's faith. And listen, listen to this. He said, <laughs> and verse 44, And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, Behold, there rise a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. You can hear his servant saying, Yeah, there's a little cloud out there, and it, but it's about the size of a man's hand. That's not a very big cloud, is it? And you said abundance of rain. <laughs> Prophet, there ain't no abundance of rain coming out of that cloud. But listen to him. He said, that's all I need to see. 
Hey, I ain't seen the full manifestation, but just see a little bit. I, it's on it. Hey, oh, it's here. Hallelujah. And he said, go, go say to Ahab. See, he's talking to the king here. You're not just talking to anybody. You see, because you go say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, get you down, that the rain stop you not. And in the meanwhile, it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode uh, and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord... The Spirit of God was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this guy's uh, prayer life brought some anointing. I mean, the hand of the Lord came on him, and he ran uh, from where he was at to the entrance of Jezreel, which was 23 miles. And he outran the king's horses. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but the king, he doesn't have like broken down, beaten up horses. He's got some good horses. What are we saying today? What are we saying today? I'm just simply saying to you. See, when Jesus said, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you what? You shall have them. He didn't guarantee us every time that we'd have them the next day. He didn't say that. He just said, you'll get it. You'll have it. Now we have to understand Jesus to use that parable about the unjust judge, but then he let us know that's not the way God is. God's not an unjust judge. He's not trying to withhold from you. But life tries to stop it. Demons try to stop it. Circumstances try to stop it. And God needs somebody on this earth that's going to stay in faith until whammo, it's manifested. That's what God does. The eyes of the Lord roll to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. What does that mean? It just means God's looking for somebody that will believe and where there's faith, the manifestation of the promise will be fulfilled. God wants his promises fulfilled in the earth, but he has to have people in the earth that are in faith. Amen. Shall he find faith on the earth? Everybody say amen. He's going to find faith here, right? He's going to find faith in you, right? He's going to find faith on the earth. We're going to be the ones that are going to say, we know what belongs to us. There ain't no devil. Ain't no life. Ain't no government. Going to keep me from possessing the promises of God. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.